Hi, this is Mark from The Wild Child Spirit. In this podcast, I will talk about what happened when I went through a horrific but life-changing incident in Mexico. So in the previous podcast, uh, Christina talked about in lesser detail and more about the overall trip from Tulum to Masunte in Oaxaca. As a quick backstory and refresh, I had gone through a period of stress and depression before we left Denmark. Now, with stress, it has a tendency to kind of linger in the background. Just when you think it's gone, it comes back to sweep your legs from under you. I had definitely been fooling myself into thinking that I was completely back to normal. And I realized now that that was a big mistake. And as Christina mentioned, we had some good friends from Denmark who had an urgent wish to leave to leave Denmark, partly because of um, the COVID situation, and they'd like to come to Mexico to hang out with us. So we all decided to meet in Oaxaca, that is uh, the west coast of Mexico at the Pacific, and more specifically a, a small beach town called Masunta. And so Christina and I, we, we talked about buying a car, and driving it down there and 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 it's a trip of around 1500 kilometers and christina and i had initially suggested uh, sorry christina had initially suggested that we should all meet in tulum instead because it would be more practical for us Um, but somehow we ended up choosing masunte because we heard a lot of good things about this beach town Um, But I was eager to do the drive, and of course, in retrospect, if we had chosen Tulum, things would probably have turned out quite different. But hey, you know, you you can't turn back time. So I went out to find a a good used car, and this is something that is not so easy in Mexico. And the government in Mexico do not have any laws that require you to do any uh, periodic checks on your car like they do in Europe. So everywhere on the road, you see old, worn-out cars uh, held together with string and, and duct tape. And they, they literally drive them to death. And being a newbie in the used car market, I fell into this... I fell into the deepest of traps by, by actually buying one of these death traps. So... And, and the stress had slowly crept back into my mind. And I think it really clouded my judgment when I bought the car we needed for a trip. And I found this really cool uh, American Ford Freestar van. For It was very big, enough room for eight people. And it had a V8 engine. And it just sounded like thunder when you drove it. It was so cool. And I thought we would be flying. And, well, we, we did not. And I'll spare you the process of the preparation and and doing the actual deal. But after a while, we were ready to go. And uh, the car was filled with everything we had. And we set out on this journey. Um, But unfortunately, the bad omens started only a couple of kilometers from our house. We just bought uh, in Tulum, in the town, we just bought two to-go to go coffees and uh, and one kidachino for Elliot and we thought now we're ready to go and then the car wouldn't start and it seemed like the entire electrical system was just dead and after some some swear words and uh, we did some prayers to um, 
to something called the Eleusis, which are ancient Mayan folklore people. And we did some jiggling with some wires and we got it running again. And we thought, wow, that, that was a close one. And so off we went. And uh, we thought all is good. And uh, my stress kind of seemed to have disappeared again. And so we stayed the night in a place called Bacala. And it was just wonderful. It was really, really nice place. Um, but unfortunately, this was also the last great experience we had for a while. Because the following day, after um, a few hours of driving, we, we kind of heard this crunching sound starting uh, to emerge from the front right, right wheel. And it became louder and louder. And so we had to pull over in the middle of nowhere in Mexico because we suddenly lost proper steering. And uh, we were out like in on this highway amongst big, big fields. And there were kind of literally no people um, anywhere. And uh, we discovered, I, I kind of went under the, the car with a flashlight and I discovered that the entire ball bearing of the wheel had had broken and it's not something we could fix uh, ourselves and I really really felt that the stress started to kind of tickle my brain again and I felt really uneasy but to our luck at that point um, a friendly Mexican who, uh, who happened to be a mechanic stopped and offered his help and so he had like this pickup truck and he towed us with a rope to the nearest town and he had this mechanic shop and he could fix it for us, but we had to wait eight hours. And so we were just sitting there in, in this little dusty, dirty Mexican town. And we sat there for eight hours waiting uh, and then, you know, waiting for, for him to fix it. And so we could continue our journey. And afterwards, we were just relieved because, you know, eight hours is bearable when you know a good mechanic is on the job. And afterwards, we just, you know, jumped back in the car and we, we drove out into the sunset with, with high spirit. And uh, a few hours later, the other ball bearing on the left side <laughs> completely snapped. And, uh, and it was starting to become quite the journey. Um, and fortunately, we had found like a small hotel in the, in the jungle. And our car... You know, it was very, very lucky. Our car broke down completely, uh, only 200 meters from this hotel. But it was dark and it was raining and Elliot was crying because I think he could feel uh, that I was very stressed and Christina was stressed. And I could feel my blood pressure was on a serious mission. Uh, but the staff at the hotel, because I, I walked up to the hotel uh, and they were very friendly and they came down with their pickup truck and towed us to the parking lot <clears throat> of the hotel. And so we settled into the room and kind of started to arrange for a mechanic to come and look at the car again. So, so far, so good. And uh, the place we were, we were at was a beautiful jungle resort in the middle of the Mayan jungle. Uh, we saw, you know, toucan birds and butterflies and frogs and, and this gorgeous scenery. Uh, well, at least Christina Elliott saw it because I, I was just I was just blinded by stress, and um, and to be honest, I've always been very punctual and and loyal, and I believe that uh, if you make an agreement, you stay true to this. And so I was kind of worried about our meeting with our friends from Denmark uh, because we most 
definitely couldn't make it in time, uh, in the time we had agreed upon. And I felt so compelled to contact them and apologize for this and kind of give them an update. Uh, but it seemed like the universe just really liked to challenge me. And so when I decided to to kind of uh, find a way to, to contact them, just, you know, maybe just send them an email or call them, the, the entire electricity at the resort just went out because of the heavy rainfall. So we had no electricity, so no Wi-Fi or internet or anything. And we couldn't really get a signal on our phones because we we're in deep in this jungle. And so I, I kind of, you know, started to become really, really annoyed and really, really stressed. And um, I saw that there was this uh, watchtower, water tower. I think it was a watchtower uh, at the far end of the of the resort. And I thought, well, maybe I should go there and climb this uh, water tower or watchtower and see if I can get like a signal on my phone. And Christina. She's always been so calm and I wish I had listened to her maybe now. But she tried to calm me and relax me and say I, I should, you know, enjoy the place we're at. Um, but I didn't. So I kind of just didn't listen to her. And I decided I would go down to this watchtower and climb it um, because I really, really needed to get a signal on my phone so I could contact our friends. So I went down and I had my phone in my hand and I was kind of sweating with stress and anxiety and I started to climb the stairs and I didn't notice uh, that there had been a sign across the stairs saying don't go up but it was kind of pushed to one side so I didn't see it and I was climbing up in you know pretty pretty quickly and I was still looking at my phone to see if there were any bars or any signal coming up and I wasn't paying attention to anything else. And I definitely wasn't paying attention there to the next step that was missing. And I was quite far up, um, but I really did pay attention to when I fell through the missing step and I crushed my kneecap on, on a metal rack on the step below and it sent me into a world of pain. And I, I you know, f somehow clung onto the the railing and it prevented me from falling completely off the watchtower and, and down below. So um, I kind of swung around and, and found a place on the next step to sit. And I was sitting there holding my leg in while I was just screaming for Christina and she came rushing up. She just flew up the tower and uh, she saw me sitting there in agony and I could see on her face that it was really bad. And so she ran back down to get help. And, and while she did this, I took my belt off like in true commando style and I wrapped it around my leg to prevent it from stretching out and pushing the, the bits of kneecap around. And I know it sounds really, really awful and it really also looked terrible. But you know, at that point, how happy can you be for adrenaline, right? So in the meantime, uh, Christina had in the meantime fetched a doctor that coincidentally happened to be at the resort and for some weird reason there's always a doctor present when something bad happens and he came up the stairs and he was almost throwing up when he saw my knee and you know it's really bad if a doctor can't take it and uh, Christina filled me with uh, homeopathic medicine which we always travel with and the doctor filled me with traditional 
conventional medicine, but I don't think any of it worked at that moment. I was just, you know, it was quite the experience. And uh, because because the electricity had gone, a staff member from the hotel had to drive to the nearest town, which was around, I think, 11 kilometers away, and get an ambulance. So I was sitting in this tower for a while, and I asked Christina to take a picture of me because, hey, why not? I mean... I was high on adre- ad- adrenaline and you know w- you want memories from something like this right um, but unfortunately because we had Elliot with us he saw me in this condition and I'm sure he was traumatized by it in some way and we I mean we spent many hours since talking it over with him to kind of process it and today I don't know how much it has, it has affected him or will do in the future but it's definitely something we have to be aware about. Um, but anyway, after a while, the uh, the ambulance came, and because I couldn't stretch my leg, there had to be like four people to carry me down the stairs and into the ambulance, and it was a uh, it was a really bumpy ride uh, to the hospital, and Christina and Elliot were were with me in the ambulance, and when we arrived to the hospital, it was something like you know, out of a horror movie. It looked so scruffy and so dirty. And um, I know Christina talked about this in the previous podcast, but my experience of this hospital or place was very odd because it was it was creepy and it was dirty, but the staff members were so friendly and so heartwarming. And uh, But they gave me a lot of medicine and I didn't really want it, but I had to take it. To endure the pain of them actually forcing my leg out into a stretched position and then they could kind of cast it up and it, it, it actually helped on the pain uh, but they were very honest about it but unfortunately they did they just lacked the skill of doing this kind of surgery at their hospital um, and so they advised me to find another hospital and our insurance company, uh, the one called Safety Wing, which Christina had spoken with, said that we should find the best private hospital as we possibly could because it would be far cheaper to have the operation done properly the first time instead of you know several times down the road, which made sense. So we found a private hospital in a border town uh, close to Belize and called Chitomal. And, but it was 150 kilometers away, and this was the nearest proper hospital. Uh, but the, this hospital, the, the, the one where I was at, they were so kind to arrange for an ambulance to drive us there the following day. So I had to spend the night, and um, I really didn't feel like doing that, but I, I had no option, and it was I was very sad. I was so stressed, and I was in pain, and I felt like I had left, you know, let everyone down especially Christine and Elliot and at that point I just I just wished for them to be better off as someone else because I felt I had failed as a father and and as a husband and that night in this hospital I, w- I was alone and Christine and Elliot were not allowed to stay there because of this covid situation and funny enough even though the newspapers said that all hospitals were filled to the brim with COVID patients, I was actually the only patient there along with the nurses doing a lot of selfies. And it was a weird experience. And um, But at some point during the night, I woke from this kind of drug-induced dream 
to uh, sounds of a screaming woman. And at first it was it was quite scary. I thought it was a nightmare, but I uh, and because I didn't know what was going on. But then I realized that it was a pregnant lady they had brought into the hospital. And she actually gave birth that night in the hospital room uh, next to me. And the sound of this little baby coming into the world made me realize how precious our life is and that we need to take care of each other, but, you know, and especially ourselves. And I truly realized how important family is and that my family means everything to me and I need to be there for them and not get blinded by stupid things. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but it, it, it really was a wake up call for me. And so I spent the rest of the night just listening to this little being getting used to a, to a, a brave new world. And so, um, so the following day, they, uh, they put me in an ambulance to take me to Chetumal for proper surgery. And uh, on the way, I had an IV drip with me. Uh, but for some reason, the paramedics decided to hang it just in front of my face. And so because of the poor maintenance of, of Mexican roads, every time we hit a bump or a hole, I, I got smacked in the face with this bag of salt water. And it was so hilarious that you could kind of only laugh about it. Um, but so uh, 150 kilometers later, we arrive at the, this big hospital, discovering kind of that this place was also far from packed with COVID patients. Uh, it could have been any other hospital on a normal day. And it, it puts things into perspective when you are in the middle of a pandemic and uh, yeah, you hear a lot of stories, but but it, it was also a weird experience. Anyway, they, they checked me in, uh, but they didn't do anything before uh, this business-minded woman in a, in a suit came around and kind of urged us to swipe our MasterCards for the payment for the surgery. Uh, good service and hospitality, totally, but not before you pay. <clears throat> so... Um, so we did that and I got a private room where I stayed for a total of, I think it was four days. And um, the surgery went smooth, although I wished I had not been awake during the surgery because it was a weird feeling getting like this uh, epidural and not feeling your lower body, but hearing the crunch and, and squish from the operation on my, on my knee. Um, and afterwards they, they brought me back to my room where these two, let's call them mildly large Mexican ladies, were waiting to give me a proper bed bath. And it wasn't a pleasant experience, to say the least, being rough handled in a bed and not feeling your entire lower body, uh, preventing you from escaping. And it, it kind of leaves mental marks. But, but seriously, they were, they were very kind. And they did their job really, really good. So um, after a while, they uh, alive, allowed me to leave the hospital and the surgeon said that I should sit in a wheelchair for three to six weeks and then on crutches for four weeks. And so first of all, you can't ride, you, you seriously, you can't ride a wheelchair in Mexico. It's definitely not a handicap friendly country. And every sidewalk and road are, are rough and bumpy and uneven, and there are no ramps. If you have to go into a building, there's no ramps. It's just stairs. And secondly, Christina kind of chased around to find a wheelchair with support for stretched out leg in a cast, and it's not possible. You could just find those normal wheelchairs with, with for bent legs. 
So Christina, she kind of devised a way for me to insert two crutches into the back of the wheelchair. And then I could support my legs on it, which was a very good idea. Not really comfortable, but, but a good idea. Um, but it was, you know, it was so difficult to ride around in this wheelchair. So after four days, I just, you know, I donated the wheelchair to a center for disabled people. And I, I jumped on the crutches instead. And this was a very good decision because I actually healed much faster. And um, so now you might be wondering, well, what about the car? Well, I personally believe it was cursed. And so we kind of left it in Mexico and we hope someone could find a use for it. And uh, but but, you know, we still needed a car for transportation from Titumal to uh, Oaxaca. And Christina managed to find a, a really nice driver and a van where we could kind of store our belongings for the ride down to meet our friends. And so this van took us from uh, Titumal to the, the resort in the jungle and where we could just load our things from our broken down car to this van and then we could continue our journey. Although it it was with me in the back seat and with a driver. So um, kind of a, a different way to go than, than expected. Um, but anyway, I think the, the, the takeaway from this podcast is that, is that sometimes you need to be pushed to the edge completely to understand how precious life can be and how important it is to surround yourself um, with people who love you. And for me, it was I think it was necessary to endure this incident to realize what I actually had. And today I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I have no regrets because it kind of gave me a completely new perspective on life and it gave me a, a I'm not going to say wonderful experience because it wasn't wonderful, but it gave me an important experience. And of course, there are other details to this story, but I think I've shared the most important. And I really hope that this podcast can inspire you in a way that well, that you can do things differently. The next podcast will be about our meeting with our friends and how all that turned out to be not so cool as we thought. But uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I wish you the best day ever.